Uh-oh, it looks like we piqued your interest in the hideout. First of all, let me tell you what the hideout is not. The hideout is not for hustlers, for grinders, or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success. The hideout is about growing as men, creating lifelong friendships, and having the time of our lives. Are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance? The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever need them. This is not your typical mastermind. The hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, you'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh yeah, your business. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. I am so excited to be able to have this young lady on the uh, on the call right now, not only on the call, in the room and on the podcast. I don't know if I can look. At, I want to look at her because she's so beautiful, or if I want to look at you, every single person out there that's been riding with us uh, to help the podcast to be where it's at right now. Um, but for those of you who know, this young lady was on the uh, podcast, I believe it was episode two, I believe so. I think so. And we talked and it was amazing. It was one of the most listened to podcasts that we have uh, because you are the coolest girl in America. That's right, baby. I believe that you need very little introduction, although I'm going to give you one. And we were talking over the dinner table the other night and I was saying who I think you are, who, uh, you know, as, as far as a woman, um, as, a, as a, a phenomenal woman and then a business owner and then an educator and then a business owner and then a practitioner of the things that you teach people how to do um a a, a platform artist i mean a, a mom a, a a wife a friend um just a phenomenal human being and you told me that from the very first time that i met you you were like i'm the coolest girl in america and i said can i hang and you were like you don't have your cool card yet <laughs> um but i have since hopefully earned my cool card i'm trying to keep it um, but it is my honor and my pleasure to have my wife, my ride or die, my best friend in the entire world, and I think the most beautiful woman on the planet on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Brooke, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brooklyn Cardenas. What's up, baby? <laughs> come a long way from downstairs to upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> we changed the studio. It was your, it was your fault. It was your fault. That I, I believe the first time when we did the podcast, too, we didn't even have the mics plugged in. No, we didn't, yeah. No, we had other mics that were on us, and we put mics in front of us to make it look like we were on mics. <laughs> yeah. Do you realize that? I don't remember that, but that's the f- awesome. The first podcast that we had, too, was uh, oh, the first one that I did. Actually, I didn't even have the mic plugged in. I didn't have a mic. It was with Robert Cromines. And um, I was working off the iMac 
mm-hmm. uh, microphone. Yeah. And yeah. so why has it taken you so long? <laughs> this is episode 211. Yeah. We are in season 18. Right. You were on season one. Yeah. And, and have I asked you quite a few times to come on the show? You sure have. Why haven't you come on? Baby, I've been with you since day one. I was there before there was a microphone. Okay. I was just like waiting for you to become legit. like got your own room look at this look at this desk i'm here from the beginning but i'm going to take you in to over a hundred thousand listens that's why i'm here we're today we're trying to go to a hundred thousand downloads is that what you're saying that's it that's that's the whole thing (laughs) we're going together baby okay so i think a lot of times people have uh have questions i mean they they seem to ask you always the same question how do you how are you able to do it all um you're a phenomenally attentive attentive mom um, you're an incredible wife, super supportive. You're a great businesswoman, but most women think that they can only do one. They have to choose it. So how are you able to, I mean, I know that's the canned question that you get a lot, but I want to ask that question because I think it's super important. Well, I don't, I don't think any of us have it quite figured out. You know, I don't think any of us quite have it all worked out or figuring it out as we go. Yeah. Um, we make tons of mistakes and we learn. Um, so I don't think I have it all figured out. I just know what I what's important to me, and all the things that I do are important to me. So if I want to have a, a successful job or career, or if I want to have a successful marriage or have a great relationship with my kids, it's because it's in, intentional. Um, and I think sometimes you have to make sacrifices, but if there's something that you really, 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 really want, you'll make it happen. Let's talk about faking the funk, though, because there's a lot of times, especially today, there's the there, there's bumper stickers everywhere now, especially because of social media. When I say bumper stickers, it's like be intentional, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be intentional. I'm gonna take out toxic people out of my life. Mm-hmm. These are all bumper stickers, but unless you live it, it doesn't actually work. And I think the cool thing for me and watching you in your life is you adhere to all the bumper sticker stuff, but you actually own it as opposed to you read it in a book and then you're like reciting it and regurgitating information that you don't believe. How do you get to a point of believing in that stuff as opposed to just going through the motions? Well, I have great examples like yourself, right? I think I have an awesome cheerleader to cheer me along. Um, You know, I have, I'm very grateful for the fact that I have you in my life that continues to like, just pump me up. Tell me that I'm awesome. Tell me that I can do it. Believe in me. You're my number one. And I don't think a lot of people have that. And so because you, I mean, you're the one that doesn't fake the funk, I don't think. I think you really mean what you say. And when you see what's great in somebody, you tell them. And you hold them to their greatness. And I have that in my life. And so... I'm super, super blessed. I mean, I think you had that in your life too. You know, you had two amazing parents that told you all the time how great you were. And I mean, even like our neighbors are like, is Kelly really happy all the time? <laughs> and I'm like, he, he chooses to be sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen him talk to the AT&T guy before. So I know he's not always happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's generally, my, you're, it, you're It's my happy. AT&T guy. It's your direct TV guy. Yeah. Direct TV in my life no more. Direct TV, <laughs> Direct TV. I tell you, I mean, I, they're probably not going to sponsor the podcast after this because I'm telling you, when we we're on the phone with them for a little bit, and I was just on the phone with AT and T, and let's talk about that because <laughs> I was on, and I the whole house heard me. I was not happy. Yeah. Um, 
when you lose your cool or you lose, you know, when you lose that part, because you've got to, you, you've, I always say that you're, you're gangster and people are like, what? Your wife is gangster. I'm like, no, you don't know. Because it, it really takes, what is it? Is it coffee, lipstick and some gangster rap is what it is or something like that. Some lip gloss and mm-hmm. hairspray and mm-hmm. a Tupac yeah. uh, that when you listen to it, you go into that mode. How were you able to go into that mode and how can you, how, how were you able to wrangle yourself back into sweet, loving, awesome Brooklyn, but you have a killer instinct in you? That's a good question. Like, how do I become? How do you know how to turn it on and turn it off? And how can you? Do you turn it on? I think there's always that little bit of me, like, that little, like, catch me outside. Like, <laughs> like what I want to say. <laughs> Right. Like what said. stops you from <laughs> saying what you want to say? Because I've said it before, and it doesn't get me what I want. When have you said something? And the people want to know. Yeah. Like the people that are listening, they yeah. want to know. Like the reality, they don't want to know. Like you know, are are we skipping yeah. through life? They. I had one guy tell me that he stopped watching my social media, and I was like, "Well, okay." And he said, "Yeah, because you're way too positive." He's like, my life is not positive all the time, so I can't watch you because you it's too positive. And I was like, and I told him, I said, I go through stuff, right? And I think a lot of times when people see you and they see your cool videos online, they see uh, Dirty Girl, uh, the Dirty Girl blog on, on YouTube, am I correct? This is Dirty yeah. Girl blog? When they see that, they see, oh, my gosh, she's happy. She's always, like, the kids are always acting right and the house is always in line. All, everything's right. Is that the case? Mm-hmm. Is that the case with you? Is yeah, everything perfect always, all the time? Always so perfect. Always. Yeah. No. No, it's not, you know, but um I mean, I like I said I'm I'm really grateful to go through the bumps. Like I've I mean I think I'm getting into the this new tier in life. Like um I'm not a kid anymore, you know. I'm a big kid. I'm a grown kid now actually. But I mean when I was younger, I remember like a like my conflict, I had a conflict. I think you've I've told you this story before. Like I had a conflict with one of my best friends. And we were we were fighting about something stupid. I don't even know what we were fighting about. But, you know, she's tough. I'm tough. She's like, I'm going to whoop that ass. And Oops, sorry, can I say that? You can <laughs> say whatever you want. That's and, Brooklyn. Yeah, so she's like, I, you know, you, I don't know what we were fighting at. And she was throwing all this stuff at me. And I remember my dad asked me, like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, my friend, she, you know, we're having a little outs. And he, she's talking some mess. And he was like, tell her to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say it? I don't see your dad uh, saying, Pull up. Yeah. Your dad is country. Yeah. Your dad is country. He didn't say pull up. Yeah. That's he what said pull up. Said last night. No, he said. Okay. What did he say? So tell her to come on over. Well, come okay, on. come over. But yeah. McKenna, our daughter at 13, said pull up. She said that last night. She said pull up. <laughs> there, there is nothing gangster in Carlsbad, by the way. I just wanted to let you know, except Brooklyn. There is not a yeah. thing. There's no, there's no there there's no street life no. in, uh, you know, there's e-bikes and yeah. uh, e-bikes and uh, Lululemon pants. Yeah. And sippy cups for moms mm-hmm. with not sippy cup stuff in it. Jesus juice. Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, my, I just remember my, you know, my dad was like, hey, tell her to come over. And that's how we dealt with things back then. So, my friend comes over and she was thinking she's going to talk this mess. And we go in the back and I whoop her ass. And then, you know what? We're friends again. You know, that's like how you used to deal with things. And I realized that that's not like how you deal with it anymore. Like you can't just put hands on somebody anymore, <laughs> especially <laughs> where I'm at in my life. Uh, you know, you have to like learn to like deal with conflict differently. And I feel like, so even though that that's in me, like I, it's still there, I've learned that, you know, I, I think it's because of the examples that I've set, but like, 
really, it's all love, right? It, everything to me is, is all about love. And if you're fighting something or you're mad or you're pissed off, it's because really you're just hurt. And I've realized that I have to now take that perspective. Like if something's bothering me, it's because it's like somewhere down dark, it just got, I got hurt. And so now I just want to deal with it differently because I want to different outcome. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you deal with the hurt? Because I think there's a, there's a lot of men out there that are listening that like the hard part about having a cool wife. And I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, the hard part about having a real, really cool wife like you is I don't know when something's wrong because you're so cool. And so you deal with pain on a different level. Like you'll be like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Until you're not good. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so, that, like, help help us, maybe maybe help us, uh, help me as a man to understand, like, when you are that cool, like, what kind of check-ins can I do? Because when I just ask, then most of the time you'll just be like, nah, I'm good. How can, how, how can I get through that? And also, how do you deal with the, how, how do you deal with the pain, whether it be internally or externally? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think... Obviously, we're on the podcast right now, and this is what you're really good at. You're really good about asking those questions. Like, you know how to talk to people. You know how to, like, get the result that you want. Like, if you want me to be a happy wife, you're going to ask me, like, what's up? Like, how can I, like, did I say, you'll even say, like, did I say something to offend you? Like, that's, you use that one a lot. Um, that one. <laughs> yeah. You see, you use that like, I'm, like I'm techniquing you? No, but I feel like that that's, you are really good at learning how to communicate. Like you're good at like, if I'm not, if I'm not acting the way maybe, or as engaged or connected as I should, you'll ask me. And you're really good at that. I mean, that's why you're fantastic at what you do here is because you know how to talk to people. You know how to like, you know, find out like where they're at and you do it genuinely, which I think makes the biggest difference. I think that when you ask people questions, like right now, your eyes are locked into mine. You're leaning in, and I really feel like you want the, like, the answer. So then I'm like, oh, shit, like, I need to give him, I'm, I feel more open to maybe be more vulnerable to talk to you. And you're really good at that. You're great at that. You're the best there ever is, and people are, low, you know, and I think that that's what's great about having the coolest husband in the world is because you really, you really work on the relationship, and you really try, and you're really loving, and you're really caring, and... Like, if you know I'm not right, like, you're going to sit in the funky stuff and work it out with me. And that makes me trust you and then makes me want to be vulnerable with you and feel like I can be um, because I know you care. How does a strong woman become vulnerable? Because when I met you, mm -hmm. I remember, like, our first, you don't, you probably don't remember, but one of our first dates was rock climbing. It wasn't, it was like <laughs> bouldering. And I'm not good at that. Yeah. But I was good at wanted to hang out with you and I, we were bouldering and you were running and in your like I was in the you would just yell out this way and it would just come the voice would come behind you because I was so far behind and you're just running up rocks jumping on stuff and and I remember you being like I don't want to get married and like jump on another rock and then you're like I'm you know and I was like wow this is amazing and I wanted to hang out with you but I was thinking she just said that she doesn't want to get married I was like challenge you know what I mean like you know so like, how does, how, how do those walls get broken down? Because you, you're a woman who, what I admired about you from the very beginning is 
that you could do it on your own. Like when we were, when we got married, you already owned your home, own home. You already had a very successful career. And when we got together, there was some, you know, there was some adjustments because I didn't come from that type of lifestyle. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, that's how I was raised. I was raised to be super independent and do things on my own. And, and that's kind of how I had it figured out. I mean, I'm the oldest of eight kids. I kind of was like, are you really the oldest? Well, I have a brother. You acted like the oldest. Okay. All right. There we go. I have one brother. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I hope that, (laughs) I hope that people understood the mumble. Can you take us through the mumble real quick? You just say, but slow it down real quick and say, there's eight of us. Okay. There's, I had four OGs, mm-hmm. my mom and my dad, okay. so, and then my dad remarried, and she had two, and then they had twins, so my family has eight kids, and then, so I, I, ha, I have an older brother, older brother, I older, older brother, brother a brother, I had an older brother, um, I have an older brother, and just from really early on, he struggled quite a bit, yeah, like with addiction and all that kind of stuff. So I always kind of felt like as the older one that I was always taking care of everybody. You were the most responsible. I guess so, yeah. I would say. So, but you were raised in that place. Mm -hmm. I want to, I've never done this before, but I want to address this because, um, let's see, when life doesn't, the gratitude that's your nearest, said the AT&T guy, uh, deal with it differently because I I want a different outcome. Yanira felt that one. Uh, When you live in love, gratitude is easier to go through stuff. And then watching y'all as guests uh, be shampooed, uh, you're both awesome. Oh, thanks, um, so, Diane, uh, we love you. Lori, we love you. Uh, and um, Yanira, we absolutely love you. Um, so take us, take us through that, though, as growing up, because as a, as a father, I want McKenna to be a very strong woman, although sometimes that strength in a woman can be a barrier in a relationship. Sure. Um. And, and how have you learned, because I've never seen somebody transition as a- amazing and as gracefully as you have. And I'm not saying that you relinquish everything to me, but you make me feel like a man. Like, when did that start to click? I've never asked you that, but like, when, when did that click for you? I think it's like you get what you, you know, you get what you put out. And Again, I am independent, and I was raised independent and strong, and I know what I want and all those things. And like you were saying, some of the hardest things when we first got married was, especially like when we, I mean, we had McKenna, and I was like, no, I don't want to not work and rely on you and financially. Like, that was a really, it was more of a mental and emotional, like, change for me, and I, I really struggled with that. And... um you know, what you did is you, you, you stepped up and you made me feel like I was safe. And I think at the end of the day, as women, that's what we want. We want to feel safe. We want to feel protected. We want to feel loved. And even though we'll take, on, we'll take in any role that we need to do to survive, okay, right, then we want to be taken care of. I think naturally people do. And it's the same way as a man. I really believe that you want to be felt taken care of, loved and admired and all those things. And I think when you give that, then you feel safe to do that. And I don't think I've ever had a relationship like that before. Or well, you've never had any relationship. ever. For all of, you, uh, all, <laughs> for all of you out there listening. My wife, yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn, and I <laughs> have an agreement <laughs> that we've never dated anybody else. Except 
never like for real though. We really I know. saw each other in relationships, which is so weird. <laughs> I told someone that the yeah. other day because I don't know if you remember when we first got married, I went to the bookshelf and um, okay. I went to the bookshelf and I was like, and I was looking through the books and I was grabbing something to read and I grabbed it and I was like, oh wow, this is a cool book. And I was like, hey Brooke, is this your book? And uh, you were like, nah, uh, what book? And I brought it in and I was like, she's like, I think it's you. Or she said, I bought that. You said, I bought that for you for, for your wedding. Yeah, which was one of my favorite books to this day, which is called The Mastery of Love. It's the same guy that wrote The Four Agreements, still like to the day, one of the best. And I gave that to you. Because you were trying you, to. For <laughs> your wedding <laughs> that, you, that I went to with my super awesome, awesome. <laughs> Well, people asked about, uh, uh, like, jealousy. We, for you and I, let's go to that, that point because you and I travel quite a bit, right? And we did. We don't travel as much anymore, which is awesome. Um, I get to travel to the hideout, and you and I get a chance to, Lori is on here. Uh, Lori's coming to the hideout, uh, the hideout for women. And um, so we don't travel a ton, but we, we do, and we're in industries where there's admiration, and there's, so... Let's talk about that part of it, about the, the jealousy part. This is something you never, ever, 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 and I don't think, I'm, most of this stuff I've never said to you, um, I never dealt with that with you, ever. Did you ever feel it? No. Not once. I mean, maybe, like, of course, like, maybe human nature, maybe, like, a little bit, but, like, yeah. not to where I would act on it. And really? I think I, yeah. Why is that? Like, what, what's the what's the component there? And, you know, because I think a lot of times people, uh, like people will say, you know, je- jealousy is healthy. Um, I, for me, I've never seen it be healthy. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, what? No, I'm serious. Like, that's what some people, they'll be like, a little bit of jealousy is healthy. And I'm like, eh, that's like saying a little bit of crack, you know, <laughs> like gives you some energy. Maybe it'll make you thinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll get you different friends. Um, I, I don't, I haven't believe that when I've when I've had jealousy um it's never served me mm-hmm. but how'd you I mean what were some of the components of like how'd you stay away from it well I think at us specifically we had the opportunity to be friends first mm-hmm. and kind of see who each other were without like you know without the eyes of like trying to impress each other Kay. like when you first start because usually when you first start dating somebody you put on these like oh, I'm this type of person, I don't get jealous, I I have all these aspirations, I'm going to do things in my life. And then you get into it, and you're like, you're a freaking loser, and you live in your mom's basement, and you're jealous all the time. What are you talking about? Who's the person that you've had on, you know, swipe right, right? <laughs> I don't think we didn't have that one before today, but that's like, that's what people deal with nowadays. And I think we really had the opportunity to have, like, a relationship outside of a romantic relationship first. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's a major benefit because, like, I would see you. Well, one, I mean, how weird is it that I, like, literally saw you in a marriage, right? And you saw me and I had a boyfriend. So I saw what type of a husband you were and type of a person you were before, you know, we were dating. And I think that was to our benefit because then, like, if somebody was jealous of you and, like, your ex-wife will just say that was super jealous of you going out and being around other women and having women clients and that kind of stuff – it was because of her own insecurity, but I would see you and how what how you would you know how you would act it away from your of your your family mm-hmm. and um, and you were the same person in the light as you were the dark. So to me, I didn't I never felt like I had to worry you know because I already seen it. 
you know, I had seen it and I had experienced it. I knew who you were, you know. So when I got in, started dating or when we started moving forward in our relationship, it was like I already knew who you were, you know. And I think even when we first started dating, it was like we went through some rocky times. Like we went through some rock and roll before we even had things like <laughs> – <laughs> romantic yeah you know and I think that that was to our benefit because even now when things get like you know tough because things you know go there's there's mountains and valleys and but at the end of the day I have so much love and respect for you because that's what our relationship was founded on it you know that's it wasn't I mean there was definitely attraction but I think because of we had we had so much love and respect for each other as individuals first that's what makes it so much better in the longevity. I mean, I don't, I feel the same way from you. I mean, people could say like, are you jealous, you know, either for, but I think it's because we have trust for each other. Like I trust you emphatically and I, I know that you do too. But I mean, like I told you, I mean, that was a non-negotiable from the beginning. I was like, listen, bro, (laughs) I'm going to deal with some stuff. You're going to deal with some stuff. Yeah. But there's one thing like, and that's my non-negotiable is like, if if there's no trust, then we, then we can't, I don't want to be in this relationship. So what was, what do you think was the hardest part? Because people look at say marriage and things like that. And they, for me, uh, again, I have people that would be like, Oh, even I had a friend this morning, which Peter Anthony, he's an amazing guy. He was like, Oh, you grew up in a, you know, a a middle-class family with just tons of love around you. And you know, you can succeed from that point too. And I was like, I guess I haven't told Peter the whole story. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, and it's not that I came from, you know, Absolutely not. But there was a lot of challenges. And so what was and what was the most challenging thing for you in our marriage? Like, I remember being at one point where all the bank accounts were zeroed out. This was about a year into Chicago. They were all zeroed out. It was in, in winter suite. And everything was zeroed. Credit cards were maxed. Credit lines were maxed. And I had we had zero money in the bank. Nothing. But I was working harder than I ever had in my entire life. And I remember just losing it. And just almost collapsing in the in the front room, and I was looking at the computer because the bank accounts. And you came up behind me, and you just kind of scratched me on my back, and you said, "It's going to be okay. Like we're going to make it through this." Um, that was a pinnacle or a pivotal time for me. Have you had those? Have those what? Have you had those times? Yeah. Because you're so strong, and you're so resilient that. It, it's generally not me scratching you on your back and telling you it's going to be okay. It's the opposite way. But have you had those? And if so, what has been the scariest thing for you? Um, I mean, I think when you, I mean, I think we all go through those peaks and valleys, right? In life. And I think that's what I'm saying. We've been through. What, what but, but for us, like mm-hmm. what, what was the, what was the, the scariest time for you, you know, through our. I mean, honestly, the financial stuff with that, like when, like when we had the bank account zero, like that wasn't scary to me. I knew it would be okay, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm just superficial. No, I'm mean, just joking. Yeah, I mean, we were a young family. <laughs> I think we had like just got married, we had, like a baby, and I think we were like it was like scary. <laughs> but I knew it would be okay. Yeah. But I think that because I could be that for you, because you were that for me, and uh, I mean, you. I think maybe because of your resilience, and I'm not, not putting words in your mouth, but you'd been through some crazy stuff, you know, growing up, and you always knew that it was going to be okay. Actually, it was better than okay. Like, look how you came. I mean, what do you think it is? Do you think that that was the way you were raised? Was it your foundation? I, I believe it's your foundation that, that you have a huge faith and trust in God. Yeah. I mean, I know that that's what it is, and sometimes... Um, 
you're, I believe, and this is something that I've learned, you know, from you is that, and now with being out on the outside during it, it, it sucks. But a lot of times that like, that's how God's preparing you, right? Like you have to go through that because you've asked for something bigger. So a lot of times he was like, Hey, you want it, you asked for it, (laughs) but you may not like the process (laughs) of it. You said you wanted to go big, double up, like, okay, we're going there, but you're not going to maybe be so happy. And it's maybe the lessons that you needed to get to that next step. Um, when you're in it, it doesn't feel like a good lesson. You're you're just kind of pissed off and mad about it. But I think that, you know, because of you and I don't know, I mean, how did you get that? How did you get that faith? I mean, was it your example that you had growing up or is that just your experience? I think it was a mix of both. I think it was, you know, mama and pop, um, seeing them go through what they had and survive, like surviving, Mm -hmm. um, and pushing through and, you know, my mom always, my, my mom was always, always just about like literally the joy, like just falling in love with your current circumstances that, and people hear me say that and they're like, Oh, did he, you know, get with a marketing company and that they created his thing. No, all these things, seriously, like you, you knew my mom, you knew my pop. And these are all things, the things that I'll say is, is those things. And so I think it's a combination of that, like mom and pop. I think it's, um, being a baby, the baby in the family, because I was protected. I was so blessed by my friends and my brother. My brother was, and to this day, he's such a crazy protector of me. And I still think that there's things that he doesn't let me know of because he's protecting me. He probably talks to you because he talks to you. He loves you. He chose you. <laughs> and so that, that aspect, and then the part of literally getting kicked in the face, getting kicked in the teeth, getting kicked in the throat, having my head stomped on the ground when, when I was down. Like all of those things I think is the recipe inside of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, and oh, the, the, the main thing is that, that faith in God. Mm-hmm. And um, every, I've been very fortunate because all of my friends and all of my family and everyone around me has always encouraged me in that place. And... I was just telling Rob the other day that for me it's it's been tough since Pop left because that encouragement that I used to get every single day. It, it lacked a little bit. So, um, you know, but my brother was saying, he's like, do you think Michael Jordan, this is how he talks to me, he's like, <laughs> yo what's up like you know why don't you stop being a little bitch that's that's what he says right and he's like why don't you stop being and i'm gonna keep on repeating it but that's what he said and he's like you think michael jordan needs somebody to cheer him on when he makes a free throw in practice he's like no he's like he said you're a lion you're a predator he said do you think a lion has all his friends being like yo great kill every time you don't need that you know who you are and if you didn't know who you are, you wouldn't be the place where you're at. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I'm trying to, you know, sob story to him. And, and Rob is gangster, yeah. just like you. Right. I mean, you'll tell, like, I don't know if you realize this, but a lot of times I hear from you, shut up, dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't say that, but that's what. That's what I hear. Okay. Like the last time I remember I came in and I was so excited. Actually, no, no, it wasn't that coming. We were on a drive out of Park City. <laughs> we we're going back into Salt Lake. And I don't know if you remember the car ride because you didn't really care. Um, 
you cared. You were listening, but you didn't care because I thought, I was like, baby, I found it. And you were like, what? And I was like, I think I got it. And you were like, what? And I said, well, <laughs> and I kind of whispered, I was like, build people, develop culture, grow the business. And then I went silent because I was like, I thought you were going to be like, you found it. You're the greatest in the world. This is awesome. And you just turned. <laughs> And you were like, you're like, what? What? Did I say shut up, dummy? In my head you did. And you said, shut up, dummy. It's not going to be that complicated. And then you went back to doing something else. And I was just, I, I was in this place where I thought I had changed the world. Oh, man. No, I'm your cheerleader, baby. I know. But that was you cheering me, too, at that time. Oh, my gosh. So when I hear shut up, dummy, what are you actually saying? It really means like, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> Yeah, we, I know. Like, done. We already know this. <laughs> how how do you have that confidence? Because I've come to you with ideas, and and you'll just you I, I've come to you with ideas, and you're like, yeah, okay, all right. Well, that's gonna happen, but you don't need to stress on it. Where where does that come from? Because I think that if we could bottle that, if we could put that in that cup, and then sell that, it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. What's what's the the recipe for you and to to be in that in that place? I already know you're good. Like, uh, the proof is there. Like, I've already seen you do it. I've seen you do it multiple times. I've seen you build people. I've seen you build companies. I've seen you build cultures. I've seen you take an idea out of nothing and turn it into something and then see other people be like, wow. Let me, you know, like, I've seen it over and over and over and over again. So when you're like, I got this idea, I'm like, cool, do it. Like, to me, I'm like, you don't got to prove it to me. You don't got to sell me on it. I'm like, just shut up and do it. Like, I'm busy. I'm t- take all the trash. You're, hey, I think you were busy on TikTok at that time. You were, like, you were like, you're messing up my TikTok game right now. <laughs> Let's go. Let me go back to that funny video. <laughs> but how, like, and when people think of a businesswoman, it, 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 I'm a little hot in this room. Maybe it's because yeah. you're so hot. Am yeah, I, that's is it? it? That's what it is. Yeah. Um. When people talk business, right, they think that, like, especially as a woman, you got to, like, be here. You got to do this thing. And you do it so gracefully and effortlessly. It's the same way that you do hair. I watch you do hair. I've never, never made this comparison ever, and I'm always very conscious of it. But you, when when I see you do hair, I see Jean Bra. Ooh, that's. Strong to very strong comparison, but well, thank you. the reason why, and for those of you who aren't hairdressers, which is a lot of you, it, Jean Bra is the most iconic hairdresser in the whole entire planet, and she has this grace about her that she just moves and it just works. And I remember watching your hands, and you do like when you're doing a wedding or you're doing a photo shoot and all those things, you do it, and it's just like it just works. And then I'm like, oh, if I twist my hand like that, it'll work. And then it's like it don't work like that. <laughs> So how are you able to be so effective in business like you are? And you're, you're a monster, like you're an apex predator in, in, in business. But it, it, that part doesn't come off. Like you do it with such ease and such grace. How is that? Well, first of all, thank you for that comparison. I and every time you talk away from the mic, they can't hear you as well. Thank you. Yes. And your voice sounds super sexy. Doesn't it sounds so yes, good. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Um, that's just for you, baby. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Only for me. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a that's a beautiful comparison. But I don't think I, 
appreciate that. But honestly, I just think that I put one foot in front of the other. And I just, you know, I I have targets. I think we talked about this the other day, the difference between a target and goal. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just keep working towards those different targets. So maybe I don't take the time to like really appreciate like where I'm at. I just keep looking at like where I want to be. So I appreciate that, that, that comment, but. Where's the, where's the positive in that? And where's the negative in that? Because a lot of times if you said the goals and the targets, and I want you to explain that, but sometimes when there is a target and it continually moves, then a person is in perpetual accomplishment mode as opposed to appreciation mode. How are you able to balance those things? Well, I mean, it was explained to me like to kind of think about like a goal, like a goal is something that you set your mind on. And some people like that. There's some people that really need a goal and a, like a target, like a a goal to kind of work towards. Mm. Um, Some people don't, some people don't like that. That's super intimidating and they don't like the pressure of of that. Some people need it. Um, Target is a, is a different way of looking at something because it could be fluid. Like if you're going out hunting, like if you're looking at it, if you're going to hunt a deer and I am not a hunter, my brother is, but um, that analogy of like, if you're going to go out and look for something and hunt for something, it's like, if you're trying to hit that deer, like that deer's moving, you got to anticipate that move. And it kind of feels that way sometimes too. Like I thought like, this is my goal. I think it it was for us. Like, remember our, our goal of ours, I should say yours. This is your goal. (laughs) You you sign on to it. No, this is your goal. Hey, you say, Hey, you sign on to it. I'm the supporting actress. We are like, I'm going to have a hundred salons. And that was like goal. And then it was like salon after salon after salon after salon. And then it was like, do we really, we got close. I think we, at one point I think we were managing seven and in our network and I'm like a hundred, are you sure? And I think that was like, it's okay to kind of be fluid and be like, okay, well we're work towards it. You get to a certain point, but maybe the target started to move. And I think if you still stay stuck on that target, you're holding yourself accountable to something that maybe you've changed your mind on because as you go through the journey, you learn some things, you get excited about other things. You, um, you know, you kind of want to look in a different direction, maybe even hunting in the woods. And now you want to like hunt in the ocean. I mean, it just (laughs) changes. And I think so allowing yourself to have a target and it be fluid. So obviously you're like working towards something, but to know that it might change. Um, and become, and sometimes when you're working towards a target, it allows you to be a little bit more clear on your intention too. Um, and so for me, I, I don't know how to like wrap that back in. You're really good at this this year. Why you're a good speaker and I'm just a yapper, but you're not a yapper. You're a phenomenal (laughs) speaker. Every person out there understands it and sees it. I think everybody except Brooklyn Cardenas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, how I think we got to give ourselves a little grace, right? Like, you know, how do you know, not see it? Um, I do need to give myself a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. I need to continue to work on being present. Um, and that is just something I really try and do is that, you know, learn from the past, look to the future, but just enjoy right now. And that's something that's really, really important to me right now, especially because I understand how fast time will go. And thinking about um, you know, we had the opportunity to take a huge long pause mm-hmm. and really look at like what was important. And I think about like the things that are so important to me are the ones that like aren't going to last forever. So it's just like our kids, like te- mm-hmm. in 10 years, they are not going to want to be with us. So are we trying to like work our lives around and being present for them? And it's hard and it's sticky and it's messy and it's wonderful and it's amazing. But you know, that's, that's worth it. So, um, I, d- yeah, I think you need to be grateful for what, you know, right where, for what I have and whatever I have is enough. Um, 
How, how do you stay in that when <clears throat> some people could say, you know, yeah, I want to spend time with my kids, but you know, I, I've, I've got bills or I've got debt or I've got, you know, I, I have to be doing this thing and I have to be creating this legacy. I was that guy. And I thought that if I go and I, I got to open up to me the other day, he said, you know, we spend our whole life trying to capture the wind so we could bring it home to our family and then we could become the hero. And when we get home to deliver the wind that we captured to our children or to our family, they look at us and say, I just wanted your time. Yeah. But how, how you have this amazing way, you don't call it balance. How do you do that? Like, how can a person say like, but you don't understand Brooklyn because I got to do and I have a 13 year old. So what am I supposed to do? What do you say to that person? Well, I think one of the things that's really helped me is to realize that there is no such thing as balance. Um, Can you say that again? <laughs> that there is no such thing as balance. We can come close to it, but you'll be chasing it forever. Um, I've learned to work towards compartment. I'm going to mess that word Compartmentalization. up. Compartmentalization. 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 That's okay. I need coffee. Very good. <laughs> it is water in the cup. Yeah, it's water, water in the cup. Or so. wine. I need yeah, yeah. something to make this look. <laughs> um, but when you compartmentalize, you can just focus on one thing at a time. So like right here, <clears throat> right now, I'm focused on you. My eyes are locked in you. I'm here. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm thinking about this podcast right now and spending QT time with you. Like that is... That is what I'm focused on. I'm not thinking about picking up the kids from school and that what we have going on later tonight. I'm not thinking about the emails that I have to send out and that the couple of like the, you know, the clients that I have tomorrow. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about right where I'm at. But as soon as we're done here, I'm going to be thinking about the kids. I'm going to be thinking of picking up school. We're going to think about homework. I'm going to be like being 100% present with my kids because the time I get to have with them is so valuable. Mm. And then, you know, it, tomorrow when I'm with my guests, like, you know, for my bride, like I have two brides tomorrow um, for trials, and I'm going to be in. I'm in their world. I'm in with them. Like, I'm going to make sure that their day is exactly how they, um, I'm going to spend time kind of figuring out how I can serve them. And, um, and then I'm going to come home, and then I'm going to be like, what does Brooklyn need? I'm going to go take for a walk for a beach. I'm going to go to the ocean. I'm going to do whatever I need. And so what I find is if you just give 100% to wherever, right where you're at, then you never feel like you're leaving anything behind. Because that's it. That's all you can do. You'll have no regrets. You know, if I'm spending all this time now worrying about what's tomorrow, then I'm, I'm not serving you or the time that I'm in. And I'm, you know not serving them when I see them next. So I think it's just, you know, as opposed to trying to do it all, um, you know, figuring out what's worth it. And that's what I think the balance is, is like if you feel like, oh, I have this, 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 and this. I, I, tell, I think it's mostly moms. We deal with mom guilt, <laughs> you know, and mom guilt's like a real thing. And as moms, we're like, but I want to do this and I want to do this, but then I feel bad about that. Like we have to realize no matter what you do, you're going to have mom guilt. It's always going to be your fault. There's always something that you could have done more. That is just innately in your life. So you just have to realize like, 
let me just do the best that I can and learn and make it better. Um, the other thing is like having a group of people around you, you know, like having a group of people around you to love you and support you. I mean, I think you have the same group. I mean, one of the things that I think is unique about both your yourself and myself is that <clears throat> we have friends that we've been friends with our whole lives and like a big group of our friends. You have that, you have your, your bros and I have my girls and we've been friends forever. And it's like, you go through it all, but no matter what, you have somebody in your life to like love you and support you and lift you up. And I think that's really important. And if you don't have those people in your life, you need to get some. And I told you this the other day. I was like, man, I need, like, I need some, I need some support in my life. I need some ladies support in my life. And this morning I went on a walk with my friend Jessica and met with one of her friends this morning. And it was like, Yes, that's exactly what I needed. It's like you need other people to kind of help pump you up, um, especially women. We it, like we do really well in a community and having and uh, su- supporting each other. And I find that if you don't aren't around a bunch of girls that like pump each other up, you need to go find some. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, <coughs> let's go. I want to go into a part that you you spoke about tomorrow. You're going to be doing two weddings uh, to put it in perspective for the people listening. Um, and I brag about my wife all the time, not just because she's my wife, but because she's the best at what she does. Um, not only the best at what she does, but I believe one of the best in the world at what she does. Um, and, but here's the, here's the backing of it. (coughs) We worked at the Mandalay Bay and at the Mandalay Bay, we would have anywhere from two to sometimes 20 weddings come through in a, in a Saturday. And Brooklyn would be a part of them or take care of them. So either touching, uh, having a touch point. So you're thinking, you know, 20 weddings in a Saturday, and then we do a Sunday and you would have 20 weddings in the Sunday. So if you think about that and 40 weddings in a weekend, right? If you were a busy, 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 busy hairdresser, you would do two weddings a month, but no one in the world that I know does two weddings a month, every month of the year, but let's just be say that they did. That would mean that if you did two a month for a whole year, that would be 24 weddings. That would be half of what Brooklyn did in a weekend. And she did this for probably five years at the Mandalay Bay. So you can imagine the type of experience level that she has with brides, with brides' moms, with crazy aunts, with, you know, the outliers, like the the bridesmaids, all these things. What do brides not know when they're going in to choose their hairdresser? Because what I, and what I love about you too is I've never seen you sell anything, and I watch you on calls or whatever it is, and it's literally like you you'll tell me this is my bride or that's my bride, and you know. But what do what do most brides out there not understand when they're going to choose a hairdresser? Yeah, I feel <clears throat> there's like you have a gl- weddings are awesome. They're amazing and they're wonderful and they're super special, but it brings up a lot. Like there's a lot of emotion, um, whether it be happy or nervous or excited. There's a lot of emotion and it's all good. Um, but I take it as a big responsibility that your glam team is who you are with before you go and get married on that day. And so even though they'll say this, like the day goes by so fast, a large portion of it is you getting ready. And so that moment or that experience needs to be just as thought of as the walk down the aisle and then the pipe and then the party. That's how I feel about it because I've been there and I've been when it's great. I get when it's 
wonderful and special and magical, and I've seen how it can take a turn for the worse. <laughs> and so I take it as a big responsibility that, like, that goes flawlessly, like, amazing. I want the bride to feel incredible. And so a lot of my work that I do with a bride happens on the front end of the wedding. And so we already have, like, connected I like anticipate any snuff I kind of understand she who she is and what she's about and what she wants her day to feel like and look like so that morning of I'm her protector and that is like more than just doing hair like hair is like secondary to me (laughs) like and I don't I think some people understand that and I would say most women especially my brides is that they want to feel like a glammed up version of themselves. Like if you are a normal girl that never wears any makeup and wears her hair in a ponytail and you bring me this like, like you're not my, like you want something that's not realistic, right? And, and it's fun, but like most of the time what happens if you have all that hair and all that makeup, you don't necessarily feel like yourself. So then there's this extra layer of emotion going into the wedding because you don't feel like yourself. Wow. And so my job is to make sure you feel like yourself. So I need to know who are you, what are you about, and how can I support you and make you look, not only look good, that's going to happen regardless. Like, that's going to happen. It's about how can I make you feel great. And, I mean, you'll hear people say that, but that is something that's really, really important to me, and I think I've done it so many times that it's, it's important to me. And so I know if, you're, if we're on the same page with that, let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's get married. And I, you know who you want to be with. Like, I know what makeup artists I want to work with because they run on time. I know what wedding planners that I want to do because they're not bothering the bride on the day of, of like little details. Um, <laughs> you know, I've watched you become a wedding planner. Well, you know, so it's like, and, so, and sometimes I have to step in, right? Like, sometimes you have to, like, be, be that. Like, sometimes, what do you need me to be? I need to be that. Like, sometimes I'll have to pull the bride out of the room hey, I need you to step over in front of this mirror. I need Because the energy is getting a little off, and I can see it, and I need her to come back to center, right? And so I'll say, come on, let's go ahead. I need you to in front of the mirror. I'm going to have you step in the bathroom. Go ahead. The bathroom's not quite big enough. Mom, I'm going to have you step out, right? Hey, Mom, I need you to go get some, run an errand. It's really important. I need this, and only you can get it, you know? Somebody needs a drink. Somebody needs some water. Somebody needs a... So a ride. I mean, there's several times and they forgot to like call, like, how am I going to get it to the extra people to the <laughs> wedding? And I'm like, get in the car. Let's go. Let me call the limo company. I mean, there's just like, you'll, you have, you, you have to be willing and to do anything. And, um, I think that's just because I've done it for so long and kind of learned to anticipate people's needs before they need them. And so then, then they feel safe, you know, and that's what, that's ultimately what what I like to do. How do you stay so true? Because I've never seen, I, I've witnessed this and I haven't told you, but I've never seen you take money for something you didn't believe in. And the reason why I say that is because when you said like, if you're my bride, let's go. If you're not my bride and you're willing to pay me, I won't take your money. Mm-hmm. And I've watched this over and over with you. And some people in business would be like, no, all money is green. All, and I watch you, and you build relationships with people because you're willing to say no. What is, why, uh, like, how important is that? And then how have you been able, was, has it been a conscious decision since the beginning? And I've watched this with friends. I've watched this in business deals. I've watched this with all the stuff. You're like, if it ain't real, I don't want to do it, and I won't take your money for it. 
yeah, I mean, I feel like for me now, I, I know the questions to ask. Um, or even sometimes I get even all the way into the trial and like, it's just like, we're not on the same page. And I'm like, mm, this isn't it, you know? But I see it not only in weddings, I see it throughout. I'm not talking about just your wedding business. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I've watched you and it's like, if it isn't real, you don't want any part of it. Has that been a process for you or is that always, was that born in you? No, I think it's just a part of having integrity, you know, and knowing what's, you know, what you, what you stand for. It's your name, you know, it's your name on Who it. Who taught you? Who taught you the integrity? I think you did. I think you've always been a really good example of that. Um, my upbringing, my mom and my dad, you know, gave me a, like a really great, beautiful foundation of that. Um, but I'm really, really lucky that I have a really great example of things and, and to bounce off stuff. Cause I'll come home from something and we'll work through it. And you're like, okay, well then was it worth it? No, it wasn't. So I learned that lesson and I will not be doing that again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and like I said, I, I appreciate for where I'm at now. That's why I said, I know the reason why I know who my bride is when it's cause I've, ta- I've, been in some not so great situations when I'm like that was not worth my Saturday away from my family I don't feel like I executed in the way that I could have um how could I get better I always want to get better so if it if I don't feel like it aligns then it's not really worth it like like again time is so valuable I want to make sure that it's worth my time and it's worth their time and if it's not I I mean there's somebody there's a lot of people that know how to curl and pin hair (laughs) a lot so with you too, as you, as you go along and you're, you're constantly wanting to get better, how do you manage that from not overtaking you? Because I have seen people where they won't have any, they won't be in the appreciation stage at all. They're just like, you know, no, it, it sucked. I've got to go, I've got to go bigger. I've got to go stronger. And you always seem to have this super graceful balance, you know, and you talked about that there's no such thing as balance. Maybe you're just compartmentalizing it. Um, but how do you keep yourself from, you know, just beating on yourself and wanting to get better? Like, how, how are you able to stay in that place? How do I stay on beating myself and wanting to get With, better? Without wanting to, because there's sometimes where, like, you'll come home and you'll say, I could have done better, I could have done this, I could have done that. But it's almost like it rolls off your back. Like, you, you, you release it. Like, what is your method of releasing? Because most people hold on to stuff. And then they end up carrying Tuesday during Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And by the time they get to Sunday, they're carrying six days of weight and they can't be present. Yeah. That's a good question. I, I, I appreciate that you feel that, that, that way I do, that I don't carry it with me. Um, but cause there is like, I, I mean, there's sometimes when you carry it with you yeah. when you're like hungry or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're hungry or you hadn't had coffee or whatever it is, you're yeah. like, look, like I'm, I mad. To, I, I'm joking. Um, I mean, I think if you are passionate and you love something, you'll get better at it. Okay. You know, I think if you really care about something, you'll continue to figure out how to get better about it. Um, and you'll surround yourself around people that will help you grow um, and and push you. I, 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 to how do I, like, leave it? Like, I don't know if I do. Thank you for saying that. But I feel like I just know that, like, there's going to be another opportunity for me to get better. So, how, what, have, what have the kids taught you? What have the kids taught me? Yeah. Oh, gosh. What have they taught you, like, about yourself and just in general? Oh, wow. This is like a whole other podcast. This is mom. That's mom podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a new venture. I know. Well, for my beautiful daughter, McKenna, um, she is such an amazing, sweet soul. Um, She's the one that, like, when you walk into a room, she, she can feel 
where people are at and she always wants to go and be with the person that needs it the most like she's a feeler like that and she's so gifted and she's amazing artist and she's just she just connects in a whole different way and she's always kind of been that kid and I'm not like that like I'm like I'm just more of like and so she's taught me how to be softer and kinder and more patient because I just wanted to yell at her just go and do it and it's like oh well that she just completely shuts down and so I've had to learn be more patient and more understanding and learn to just encourage her and meet her right where she's at and not fix things that's a huge lesson for me and she continues to teach me as a teenager it's been tough and teenage girls for those of you that have teenage girls like you know exactly what I'm talking about Um, they test you every single day every day it's a new thing as soon as you think you have all figured out it changes Um, it's tough I was a 13 year old girl I told you this right when we got together 13 year old girl 12 year old girls are tough um, cause we have all these big hormones in this little tiny body and we don't even understand it all the time. You know, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm like, Oh, that's why I'm crazy. You know? So it's been, she's taught me so much, not only about myself, but just to be a kinder, more patient, loving person. Um, Maddox is my, oh my gosh, he's just like full of joy. Right. Like we, <laughs> right. He's so happy about everything like <laughs> he was happy about fresno dude yeah he was like i'm gonna he had to go on a work trip and he's like yo we're going on a plane and we're gonna do that i mean but he's just one. he was that way when we got to security <laughs> at the airport he was like we get to go through security okay cool okay girl yeah he's just like so much joy and he just it's true like he'll look you right in your face and be like oh mom i love you mom You know, and he's Mm. just that kid, and you just know he means it, and he has so much joy for life, and that, it's infectious, like, I want it, I I remember one time, like, I'm not a golfer, I don't golf, and he, it was important to him that we went to, to the golfing, and we went golfing, it was just like, we were eating gummy candies, and driving the golf cart all crazy, (laughs) and hitting the ball, and chasing after it, and everything was fun, and a game, and I, like, was like, this is the most fun I've had without alcohol, and my friends in a really long (laughs) time, like, oh my god, I'm, like, literally have so much joy, and, like, just so much fun, and He's that to be around, um, and it's a joy to be his mom, and I think that he teaches me a lot into that and to stay in touch with, like, being that kid and, like, finding joy in everything, and um, God, we're so lucky to have these little humans that, like, (laughs) (laughs) that test us and challenge us, but, like, are so freaking cool, dude. We did a good job. I mean, they have a good daddy, too. Mm, They got a great mama. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool because, you know, for the people that are listening to, they can hear the, like when you were talking about the wedding, um, you were talking about the wedding and you weren't really talking about the way that the pins went in or the hairspray went or anything like that. You were talking about all the other things that caused that one thing to work. And you were a master at that. And, you know, whether it be through your integrity in business or you're, you know, working on your technique and I see you on the weekend and you're you know, constantly working on your craft and all these things. It's amazing. Like, cause when people look at you and think, oh, she's just so natural. Not to say that I don't think you have natural talent, but as your husband, I get to see you work on what old people think that you have naturally. <laughs> and I watch you and you work on all these things. And then you get into the situation and everyone's like, wow, she's so graceful. And I'm like, 
because she was up in the kitchen with 17 doll heads or she was talking to this person and going through this. So it's amazing to be able to see like you really bring a story of like most people are focused on that one thing, like the little girl who was focused on the Golden Globes. How'd you get to do the Golden Globes? I know a girl named Kalina. (laughs) I met her 20 years ago. I became her friend. No, no, no. I asked you, how'd you get to the Golden Globes? I met a girl named Kalina 20 years ago. She became, no, stop. I said the Golden Globes. I don't care about Kalina. And then you walked away from the situation because the person didn't want to know about the process of it. They wanted to know about the result. Um, Your walk today, you were on fire when you came back. Jessica, thank you. Whatever your friend's name is. What's her name? Ava. Ava. Ava, thank you. I'm going to have your son on the podcast and your son's friend who's the number one quarterback for Carlsbad. Um, What happened? Why were you so on fire when you came back? We just prayed for each other. What do people, what do you wish that people knew about prayer? Oh, man, it's so powerful, you know. I mean, like, we sat there on that rock at the end of the the jetty into the ocean, and it was super grounding, right? Like, I love stomping rocks. It's, like, my favorite thing to do. It's so Especially when you're running away from a guy who's trying to date you, (laughs) and you keep yelling out, I'm not having kids. I'm not getting married. I was like, I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you somehow, dude. Um. I do. I mean, you, you, you're outside, you know, you're sitting on the edge of a rock and you're looking out into the ocean and it just kind of really grounds you. And what was interesting is that we all shared our struggles with each other, it, it, but it was like, we just lifted each other up. And these two women are so strong in prayer and they just, you know, speak life and love into each other. And a lot of times you, you know, it's so beautiful to have that, to be able to have that access anytime is to, you know, you just ask for help, or exactly what you need, and the patience um, to get it. I'm like super emotional right now. What is happening? <laughs> how, how does how does a strong woman ask for help? I think that's what strong women do: is they ask mm-hmm. for help. You know, I asked. I told. I asked. I told you. I said I need some women in my life, and God brought those two women to me today, and. I didn't even, it wasn't even me. I didn't even tell them what was going on in my life. I just listened to them and prayed with them. And I was like, wow, you guys are strong and beautiful and powerful. And we just lifted each other up and asked for love and help and grace and, and patience. And it was just like, wow, you know, to have that community in people is huge. And I'm, again, I'm, I, I, my life's not perfect, but I, to have somebody to know that, like, that everything's going to be okay and that, you know, by the grace of God, there's love, right? That's all you need. All you need is love, baby. <laughs> Define love. Oh, that's super, like, philosophical, but I think that's all there is. There, All there is is love, you know? And I get, like I was saying earlier, it's like if anything in the absence of is what we're familiar with, right? So if you're feeling mad or sad, it's because there's you're feeling hurt or the absence of that. Um, 
and the reality is that there's abundance of it, you know, and you just have to ask for it. I find a lot of it in nature and just going out and being outside and just being in the beautiful and just seeing that, like, there's joy in everything. Um, but that's really what is the heartbeat of life, you know, is, is, is love. That's all there is. That's truly what I believe. And when you think of, like, and if you, you know, if you're, you know, whoever that God may be to you, it's a res- representation of love and pure love. Um, and I think that's all there is. So probably three years ago, I was just telling Peter Anthony about this. About three years ago, we had a dog walk, and that dog walk really changed our lives. Oh, yeah. And we were on the dog walk, and I remember you kind of asking, um, in not so many words, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> and, and I told you. And I, I was scared to tell you because, you know, it was like, it was different from what I was doing at the time. And it was different from what we were doing as we, you know, we got a family, we got all this stuff. And I remember you just look at me and be like, how much money we got in the bank? <laughs> how much we spend a month? Yeah. Let's go. When I tell people that story, they're like, and I leave it at that. Then they, they freak out like, whoa, whoa, what, what do you mean? What was the rest of it? And it was like, there was not really a discussion. It was just that type of support. And it was like, let's go. And to give it context, our, our business was at a place where, I mean, it was flourishing at a place. It wasn't like it wasn't doing well. This was a Seinfeld moment. This was a, we're going to end this thing on a really high note and literally walk away, like, you know, and, and walk away from it. What was going through your head at the time? And how were you able to stay so calm to move into something and move forward into something that you had never, you know, it, it was it was unknown. Because there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with fear, stress, anxiety, um, depression, you know, because of the unknown. And, and you seem to forge into the unknown and be like, yeah, I'm here. Like, give me some Tupac, some lip gloss, some hairspray. I'm in. Uh, coffee, too. Mm-hmm. Got to have some coffee. Sometimes some wine. Mm-hmm. Only in the morning. I'm just joking. Morning. Not in the morning. <laughs> Um, How are you able to stay so calm during, uh, like, going into those kind of things? I mean, because that was massive. Sure. Um, I think we, like, we we asked for it. You know, we asked for it. I was like, you dream big, and you were like, what do you want? I think the question was not what you want to be when you grow up. It was like, what do you want? Like, and so grateful for the opportunity to pause. Thank mm-hmm. you, COVID. Yeah. Because when you get there, I feel like, we were doing so many things that we felt like we had to do and not as many things as that what we wanted to do. And when I think we took that minute to <sighs> pause, mm-hmm. we thought, like, what's important to us? And I think we put our family first. Was It was our family was number one. And then it was like, what do we, what do we want to do? What does the next 10 years look like? And that feels good, like, to be able to kind of, like, decide. And I, what I'm grateful for is the foundation that you laid because within our company, we would never just a company. 
of people. We grew people and we were a growth company. We grew people. We never hired outside people. We hired from within and we grew from within. You went from assistant to stylist to director to leadership to, you know, and those people that were in that, those leadership positions and that's what you've done forever. It was like grow leaders. Like it came to the point where for us to allow those people to step into that next role, we had to step off and do something else. We Mm. had to show them that it wasn't just the end. There's more. And then there's more. And then there's more and then more and more. And I think that it just seemed like the natural progression. And it felt good because it was a choice of something that we wanted to do and not had to do. And so I wasn't scared at all. It was like, let's go, you know? And it doesn't mean to make it easy. It was just felt right. And so, um, and everything that you've ever said that you've ever wanted has always come true because I believe in you and, you know, everything that you, you said, well, I want to do this. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then you go and do it. And then I want to do this. Okay, let's go do it. And so I was never scared. I was never, I don't need to be upset or nervous or scared or anything like that. I'm calm because it's like, it's. It's not my first time, you know? It's like I've seen this before. <laughs> like, so people are like, I think other people were freaked out, which I think made us kind of be like, wait, what? Like, yeah, we're just doing this. And I think it freaked other people out. Like, what? Did you, you got those questions too. Oh, yeah. Like, people were like, what do you mean? But then I, you know what it taught me is that, you know, you can be like, well, I don't even know how, quite how to say this, but like other people kind of put you in a box and be like, well, this is what success looks like. And I'm thinking like, what? Like, I'm going to go do all these, other, like, I'm going to be spending time with my family. I'm not going to do these things. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to like totally <laughs> like put myself in a room where I like have so much to learn and it's going to be like a chat. Like, I'm so excited to grow. And people are like, but, and I think that was like people's reaction that made me almost kind of like, wait, wait, what? Um, I don't know. Did you feel like that? Well, I had, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I had people close to us and especially, I mean, I think they're more protective, uh, really protective of you. And they came to me and they were like, okay, so how are you going to make money? <laughs> that was, it was everything. They were, they were excited. They were excited. You know, and when I told you, I said, I want to do the podcast and I want to speak that. I mean, and I have been speaking for, you know, I've been speaking for 30 years. Um, and I remember my dad, I, when my pop, I was like, pop, like, I'm giving myself some time, man. I'm new at this. And he was like, stop, boy. And I was like, what? And he's like, you ain't new at this. And I said, no, I'm new to the game of podcasting and stuff like that. He's like, no, boy, for 30 years, you've been podcasting with people that were sitting in your chair and you were talking with them and you were learning all these things. So this is, you aren't new to this. You aren't new to the game. And that was a, a different thing. And, and he believed in that part. But honestly, I always would get, I don't know if you get this. But as a man, I always get, okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. Oh, that sounds so cool. Oh, that's good. How are you going to make money? Mm-hmm. How are you going to make money? Yeah. And I can tell you this. Like, I have never, ever, 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 and this that may sound crazy. Mm-hmm. I've n- really never written down a goal, ever. I've never set a goal like I've got to do. I've told you, hey, I want to go do this thing, but it wasn't a goal. It was just like, hey, I want to do this thing. Um, and I also never knew how I was going to make money. Well, don't you feel like if you do what you love, then like the money comes? It does. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, it just seemed to flow. Like yeah. it, it was like, 
you know, I, I remember telling you the concept of the hideout. And I said, hey, I want to do this this thing. And I, I think that you were like, okay, shut up, Denny. Go, <laughs> go do it or whatever, yeah. you know. Let me get back to my TikTok real quick. <laughs> but <laughs> at first, though, it was tough for me because you believed in me in that realm. Where And it helps me when you say it, like, you're not shocked, you know that you just believe in it because for a while there I was like, wow, she just isn't paying attention to it. Like I'm saying this stuff and it's not really impacting her. I thought I was going to shock you. I thought I was going to be like, wow, she's going to love me more because I showed her that like I did this thing. She loved me more. And you just keep showing me all the time. You're like, I love you anyway. I love you, darling. (laughs) But that it was, it was tough. Like, you know, people asking about it and, um, you know, and for me, I've just, I've just known, like I've known and we're, you know, it, it's the process isn't done. Um, but was that as a woman though? I mean, uh, did that? No, no, no. I mean, I've, I always, like I said, like we've been through the highs and the lows and I know that we're going to take care of our family and it just, I think it gets to change. I think like there's that part of your life where you like grind, grind and do work hard and build, 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 build. And then you get to a certain level when you're like, oh, I made some smart decisions I built and made some good decisions and like invested and like figured out like it doesn't have to be. And I think you always say this. I don't want to. What, what do you say about the time and exchange? For money? Exchange money for time. Yeah. And so I think that you just get to a place where you can work smarter. How did Park City change your life? And the reason why I say this is because I've seen a shift in you. Mm-hmm. I've seen a shift. Talk about it. Um, well, I truly believe that all the things that we've asked, we asked for, like how many times of like, I, you know, I ask big things. I asked for big things. And what I think, big things you asked for? Oh, I wanted that big house in Lucadia. Do you remember that? I got it on my prayer list. I've got it in my Bible yeah. the, whole, the whole way. I yeah. wanted that house in Lucadia and seven, five, seven blossom. Yep. And I wanted 75, seven blossom, but we didn't seven, get it. five, seven. Okay. We just haven't got it yet. Well, my target might change, but I wanted it mm-hmm. and we didn't get it. And I cried myself to sleep on the, in the closet. That's my crying spot. Like when you, when things don't go your way, like you just kind of break down, right? Why me? Right? Ah! Mine's the closet. Everybody has like their spot. Mine's in the closet. Uh-huh. I think I, we wanted to buy that building in Chicago. And I remember that day. Yeah. yeah. You oh. were mad at me. Yeah. I was mad. I wanted it. I thought we just, and I was like, wait, why? And I couldn't understand why. You, I, was, you, I remember that was a, a challenging, not a challenging, like, oh, we're, you know, it, it, but it was challenging for us in our relationship because. I learned that I needed to communicate more than, no, it's just done. Like, it's done. Because that's what I said to you. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of my pops right now. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I remember coming home, and I, I had prayed about it, and I was on the way. And I was going to put $20,000 to the earnest money. I think it was twenty or $30,000 on the way to the bank. Like, yeah. I had this, like, I had the cashier check. I'm going to the bank to deposit the money. Uh-huh. And I remember praying and asking, God, is this what you want me to do? And then God was like, call the dude right now. Call the real estate agent right now. And I was like, or call the, the loan officer right now. And I was like, eh. and I'm like a block away from the, to uh, bank of, or to U.S. Bank in Carlsbad. Yeah. A block away, he says, call. I'm like, why? I'm just going to put down the earnest money. So I call and he's like, oh, I just wanted to let you know we had a change up in, you know, mm-hmm. something and you're not going to be approved. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, we had just got approved for yeah. 
you know, 50 or 75% more for a home. And this building was less like why? And I remember just a piece like, and God just tell me, do not go put that money down because if you do, you'll lose it. And I came home and I was peaceful. I was just in this, like, I was in this God spot. Like God had just spoken to me. I made the call and then he spoke to me. I was like peaceful. I was in. And then I got home and I was like, hey, baby. And I was so kind of excited, peaceful. I was like, hey, baby, I just want to let you know the building isn't for us. And you were like, whoa, 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 what a, wait a sec, why? And I was like, God did not yeah, want us to have that God building. Did not want us to and have you were building. sitting on the floor in our room and you were looking at me like, well, you need to call God. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's how, how it always has worked. That's how we got Carl's dad. <laughs> That's how we got Park City. Like, I will say no if it's not for me. Like, sometimes I do big ideas, and he's like, no. And he means no. Like, I mean, we try. We tried. And I'm so glad no. we didn't get that building. I know, right? Can you imagine? Oh, my God, right? And then, but Park City wasn't like that. It was like, yeah, I think this would be cool. It just it's like that's just how things work. When they're meant for you, it's like the seas will part, and you just step right forward into it. And it's kind of scary, but it's like it was. So how meant did for the us. sea part for that in Park City? Well, I mean, it's, it was freaking COVID. Like we didn't even have a job. I don't even. I mean, our salons were shut down. I mean, I don't even know what we were thinking. And we were like, "Oh, it'd be cool. Let's get this place." And I was like, set on this one area, and then. I remember, like, our real estate agent was like, let's go look at this place. And it was like, oh, my God, this is the place that we saw on the boat. And it was an area that we never – I mean, it was just like – and we walked in and had the lavender soap, right? And Kelly's – That was in, it. In. That was it. Kelly's like, the soap. I'm, the well, I, I was raised on gangster rap, and, <laughs> and I remember – not raised. My parents didn't raise me on gangster rap, but that's yeah. – I mean, as kids. Yeah. And I remember I when we walked in, I, I pumped the soap – and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said it audibly, out loud, I'm going to buy this bleep bleep house. Okay. I said that okay. audibly to myself, <laughs> and I said, because they got lavender soap. Got and lavender. I looked at myself, and, so I, and in my head I was thinking, when my friends asked me, oh, did you pick it because of you? No, because of lavender soap. That's how I do it. Yeah. Boom, boom. Like, so that's the way I, I, I did it, like yeah. in my head, and I said it. Yeah. And then I saw the view. I know. That's, that's, you saw the view. You know how you always tell me that cool? You're like, be cool. Like, I'm all, like we walked into this one. I was oh, like, you weren't cool here. I was like, no, how much? This is what, yeah. let, let's go. I got to have this one. Yep. <laughs> like, and you're like, no, be cool. Like, don't I be wasn't like, cool. Jo- in you were not cool. You were like, let's go. I'm like, okay. So it was, it just seemed, it was funny. Like, the, it was just everything, every door, every crick, nick and credit. It was ours. Like, we knew it. And it was just like, you know, and then we like shook hands on a deal and was like, let's do this. And then we walk away and I, it was like, did we just do that? Did we just shake hands on a deal? And then, you know, we leave and we go get massages and we're like, so I'm like meditating and praying. I'm like, is this, and God kept telling me like, I'm like, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. And he's saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I'm like, Okay, and then we get out, and we find out, like, somebody tried to, like, undercut sneak, us. Undercut, undercut us, and our real estate agent, and, like... Our real estate agent put his, his own, own money. money down. Yeah, that was one... I mean, that was just... It's just, like, everything, and then and then it was, like, because of all these other roadblocks, right? So, so God delivered, right? It was, like, yes, you can, and then there was this waiting period. Like, 
we said yes, we're like ready to go. But the house was in a new development. It was COVID. They were like waiting on some random signature from like the state so they could build like a road. And we just sat and waited for like a year. And it was just like every morning we were like, nope, not, nope, nope. And we tried to rush it. And it was like, there was such a lesson in like, yes, but be patient. And that was really hard for me to be patient, but there was a lesson in it. And then it was just like the same thing. It like, it delivered. It was like, it happened, closed at the most perfect time. It like, we took a month off to like, like decorate this thing. And when there was like no furniture ever, (laughs) there was like, there is no supplies anywhere in the world. And I'm like, I need to furnish a whole house. And there's like, you have nothing. So it was like, everything just kind of happened um, the way it needed to be. And so that was like, so it was such a blessing. And it's like, you know, my brother passed away that year. Your dad passed away that year. And family became so important to us. And so just getting back to a place where family is really important. And our family, I mean, a lot to us. Like, our family had a really tough time with COVID. And McKenna mm-hmm. and I, I mean, it changed her. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Well, she used how she, McKenna's room has this, like, crazy view of the mountains and ocean, not ocean, sorry, lies, lake. And we didn't have blinds at the time. So she was in this room of light and nature. And like, we spent a whole month there and she all of a sudden this like light came back up in her and Mm -hmm. she smiled and I was like, yes, that's what we needed. And so that was huge. Just getting back, like, like you said, stomping rocks. Like when I'm there, I just see the mountains and I want to stomp rocks. And I know you don't like hiking, but when you're there, I do. You like it now. Right. And so we learned how to like mountain bike together and you love being on the lake and it's just so good. And it's just what we needed. I mean, not that the place we live sucks. This place is absolutely amazing, but it's, we're so blessed. We have both, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you go through something hard, it's like, you know, there's just, you know, it's just that another peak of the mountain pop. And we're so blessed. We have exactly what we need and have wonderful kids. I have a wonderful husband and I'm grateful because everything I have is enough, you know, and I don't, it's nice to have more and want to desire and grow, but I think that's truly what being grateful is, is knowing whatever you have is, is enough. And I am more than blessed. So you know the whole reason why I started the podcast is because the two special people, Maddox and McKenna. You know who both of them who both of them are. I mean, I don't even have to tell you. <laughs> but I started because I wanted to take iconic people, and I think the most iconic person in all of our lives and in our home, whether it be here on Seaward or there on Claim Drive, the most iconic person in our household in our home is you, and you are truly the foundation of who we are as a family and as a unit and as a legacy. And I wanted to take McKenna and Maddox and I wanted to show them that mama, although you are a superhero to us, you're a human being. You're a little girl first. You're a little girl who dealt with divorce early. You're a little girl who you know, loves her pop and has a great relationship with him, and but it wasn't perfect. And, uh, you know, a relationship with your mom, but it wasn't perfect. And because of all those things, you now are a superhero to us. And that you're an icon because you're a human and you've gone through things. 
and the fact that we're going to have to change the name of the, the whole episode because uh, <laughs> whatever you have is enough. Like, that's massive. What advice do you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both of their names, that would be awesome. Uh, McKenna, um, you like to know that I made you a mom. Yes, you did, my little princess. You made me a mom, and you changed me completely. And you'll know one day when you experience that. And just right now when you said, I'm not having kids, just know when I was 13, there's proof I said the same thing. <laughs> but you changed me. You turned. You taught me how to love deeper and more unconditional than I could ever imagine. And you will continue to do the same. You continue to teach me that. You love people, and I'm in awe of you. And you're beautiful, and you're smart, and you're kind. And you will have everything in life that you ever dream of because of who you are. And you are an inspiration to your dad, and you're an inspiration to your brother, and you're an inspiration to me. And thank you for leading our family in love. Maddox, I freaking love you. You are amazing. Um, You're naturally gifted at a lot of things. Anything you do, you're great at. And whether it's football, basketball, golf, skating, you just have this natural gift. And you're going to take that far in life. But what really, 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 really matters is who you are. And the fact that you are so kind and so smart and you're so wonderful. You are going to have anything you want out of life. And your mom loves you and your dad loves you and your sister loves you. And I can't wait to see what you become. And to my husband, thanks for having me. This was fun. Do me a favor. Um, I haven't, I haven't done this before, but I want you to look into the camera. Like so, look over here so they can see your eyes, and those will be the eyes of the person. And um, maybe a couple thoughts um, and speak life to your sister, Jamie, who's just about to go into uh, being married and, uh, you know, she's going through all these things and planning and stuff like that. But speak some life to your, uh, your sister, Jamie, because I know that you feel and you like, she means the world to you. Yes. Um, Jamie, I love you so much. You're, oh, sorry, I got to talk. Can I get a There we go. Yeah, you you can move it that way, yeah. It's okay. You can hear a difference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Jamie, my little sissy, I love you so much, and you're going to get married, and this is going to be everything that you ever dreamed of. We love you, and we support you. Um, You deserve everything that you want out of life, and I'm so excited for you. You're an incredible mama, and it's so fun to see you. lean into what you're incredibly good at, which is just being an incredible um, role and support to all of us. And I don't know what we would do without you. You're going to have the best wedding and I can't wait to celebrate you. Well, I want to, I want to speak some life to, uh, to nanny and grandpa because you did a phenomenal job with, uh, (laughs) you know, such an incredible woman. 
And um, you guys, I, I thank you so much for uh, being my family and inviting me in and, and helping me to, to feel like a son. Um, not to feel like a son-in-law, but just like a son. And I think it's, it's amazing, and I love you both uh, with all my heart. So um, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Will you be on again? Sure. Will you come on again? If you want me to. Of course. Everyone wants you to. Okay. Um, I believe that we could get to 100,000 downloads just because you're on. Cool. Do you believe? Yeah, let's go. Yes, let's do that. Let's go. Um, right now we want to thank all our sponsors, everyone who's rolled with us from the beginning, every single person out there too, um, that has been listening or watching, you have made us, uh, you have got us into the top 1% of all podcasts. And I want to thank you all for that. All the sponsors that have been riding with us. Um, and here we go. McKenna's musical. I have in the whole, like all the seasons of the podcast, this is a start of season 18. I have, I don't ask for stuff. I ask for maybe a share, share it with your friend, but I am going to ask that all of you go to the link that there's going to be a link in the bio and it is the, uh, uh, AOMS, which is Aviara Oaks Middle School. There is a, a musical that my daughter wants to do, but our the public school needs funding. And so we have to fund this thing. And I said, I have a lot of cool friends and they could donate whatever it is that you can. Um, but we have a goal and that goal is pretty large, but based off a, a bunch of people, it's not that large. And the drama teacher, Mrs. Anderson, I want to give a shout out to you. Mrs. Anderson was kind of almost skittish a little bit about asking for the, the amount that she wanted. And what I want to say to her is, ask for what you want, and it will come. Don't ask for what you think is okay. Ask for what you ultimately want. And uh, we asked for that the other night, and she told us a number, and we want to hit that number. So there's going to be a link. It'll say uh, donations for McKenna's school musical. Anything, dollar, two dollars if you have a couple thousand, whatever it is. But that's what I would ask uh, for you to do. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. You have been phenomenal. I love you. Getting to spend this time with you is, it, it, it means so much to me to share this with you. And you have been incredible. Um, check out brooklyncardenas.com. Um, and I just, I, I can't tell you how much uh, I appreciate you, babe. Thanks for having me. You got it. You're officially off the hot seat. Oh, <laughs>